everyone. Welcome to the Great Food Debate presented by This Week Community News, a podcast about where to eat, drink, and more in Central Ohio. I'm Abby Armbruster, your host of this show. And before we dive into the conversation, I wanted to let you know about a new Facebook group we have for all of the Great Food Debate fans out there. You can find it by going to the This Week Community News Facebook page and clicking on the Groups tab. In the group, we'll be talking about restaurants that didn't make the cut in our podcast episodes, behind-the-scenes information, and fun tidbits about food. If you are a foodie in Central Ohio, you will want to be a part of this Facebook group. Now that we've had that out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. Columbus happens to be home to dozens of restaurants and shops that carry international delights, everything from Ethiopian to Indian to Hispanic cuisines, and I am happy to say we have so many varieties to tickle our Midwestern taste buds. I brought in three guests today to help me break down the international food scene in Columbus. Joining me today, first we have... Uh, Kevin Wong. And what do you do here, Kevin? Uh, I'm a sushi chef in Columbus since 2005. And your company is? Akatsuki Sushi. Yes. It's better that you say it then. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then next we have? Bethia Wolf. And what do you do, Bethia? Um, I am co-owner of a company called Columbus Food Adventures, and we do guided food tours um, all over Columbus, and with a particular focus on um, international foods, um, and also um, write about food for Columbus Monthly and various blogs. Perfect. And our last guest today is Mita Shah and I have an ice cream store and I make international ice cream uh, all goody goody yes <laughs> and what is the name of your store uh, it's it's called Mardi Gras homemade ice cream yes on hard road on hard road yes <laughs> and uh, let's discuss some international foods but uh, Bethia we'll start with you what led you to to create an all-eats uh, tour for Columbus Food Adventures? Um, what really started, um, before we started Columbus Food Adventures, we um, had a, a blog called Alt Eats Columbus. And Alt Eats, kind of alternative eats, um, we really wanted to focus a lot um, on some of the immigrant kitchens um, and all the kind of amazing diversity of the, the Columbus restaurant scene. And this was, you know, we started that... Um, 2010, but um, we launched the website. Um, Before that, we were doing Taco Trucks Columbus. Um, And kind of in those days, it was before Yelp got really big. It was before a lot of the kind of social media platforms had really exploded. And so it was a lot harder to find information about those restaurants. Um, So when we went on to to start Columbus Food Adventures, it was really natural that we would have a tour based on that. We really wanted to kind of show off and take people to... um, all the great restaurants that we discovered. Sure. And what is the common, I guess, reaction to, one, the places you go, and then, two, after the tour is over, <coughs> what kind of feedback do you get from, from guests? Well, I think in general, we run the Old Eats tour, you know, every Friday we run it. We've been running that tour on a weekly basis um, since 2010. So, um, and I think there's just a huge interest and curiosity from people um, to try different international foods. Um, but it can be a little intimidating to go and try them by yourself, to go to a restaurant of a cuisine that you have no idea about, to know what to order, to know if there's any etiquette you should be aware of. Um, and so I think, you know, there's a lot of curiosity, but people aren't necessarily comfortable to go by themselves and, and to know if they're going to make a good choice. Um, so I think coming on the tour really gives people a bit more comfort. Somebody's taking them, somebody's going to order the best food, somebody's going to explain it to them. Um, and so, you know, we obviously, we frame everything because we want people to have a really positive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the, the reaction that we get really is amazing. Um, we get... Um, 
you know, I mean, the tour pretty consistently sells out on a weekly basis. We, you know, I think probably the most gratifying thing for us is often we'll be on the tour and we'll be in the restaurants and somebody's like, oh, hey, I was, <laughs> I, I did this tour before, you know. So, you know, people go back to the restaurants um, and, you know, I think it gives them, um, encourages them to go and try other restaurants that maybe they would have been intimidated by. You know, they have an opportunity on the tour to ask a lot of questions and ask us, you know, about other cuisines. Um, but I, I think the tour is a, is a great opportunity to, for people to try. You know, they're curious about Somali food or African foods in Columbus or, you know, these kind of different nationalities that they're less familiar with. Sure, absolutely. And uh, Kevin and Mita, you both pr- provide foods that maybe not everybody is familiar with. Kevin, some people you'd hope would already know what sushi is, but uh, how do you gauge, you know, okay, I'm going to cater a party. How do you know what these people are expecting? Or can you push the envelope a little bit in terms of what you're serving? Um, I mean, as far as serving sushi goes in Columbus, it really depends on how open people are. You know, um, with Bathia and some of the people that I've dealt with, that they are completely open to new ingredients. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier for me to present something that's more authentic and more unique. Uh, whereas most of the Americans are really focuses on roles, yes. um, which is, you know, it's not a bad thing. But at the same time, um, it's been going on for, what, the past 10 years in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm starting to really, really see that to change into a different direction, a better direction, really. Sure. And yeah. what's an example of something that is more traditional that is not seen on every sushi menu? Um, I mean, you know, tradi- I mean, they're, they're usually on the regular sushi menu, even in Columbus, but a lot of times that people just don't order it. Okay. You know, such as uni, which is sea urchin row. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of them. And, you know, little things, you know, just things that you would not know about that, you know, Sushi Chef will really have. And those are really the special things that you want to get. Sure. Right? Sure. And something that only a Sushi Chef would actually know how to make properly. Sure. sure. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And then Mita, for you, uh, so your ice cream, you do have more traditional ice cream flavors, but you also have Indian ice cream flavors. Yeah, I have Indian, uh, all all Indian. I have. I'm serving all the ethnic um, ethnic um, groups of in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, ice cream does not have any eggs, gelatin. So I'm serving like different ethnic groups. Yes. Uh, and uh, no salt. So that is better for ice cream. Okay. And I have Indian ice cream. I have well, anything I eat. Um, I think in ice cream form, and I make it. So I have like ginger, that's popular now. Kesar pista is saffron, almond, pistachio, and uh, cardamom. Mm-hmm. I have chocolate with uh, hot pepper. It comes from uh, India, the hottest one. But like I mild them, like put few notches down. <laughs> and uh, people try it. Uh, first year, it was well, like uh, whenever I introduced all the new flavors, people were like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> and now I see after 18 years, people come and I have on the board all the international flavor. Everybody turns around mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they get Kimi uh, Kesar Pista and Rose. Yes. Kimi, uh, and this year, I am introducing uh, Jasmine, Lavender, and Jamun. Oh, and nice. jamun is a, a tree berries that has paid, but like tastes like berries. And that, and I already sold two or three tops of that. Wow! Oh my gosh! That's getting very popular. Yes. And uh, 
kids are trying all the flavors. Some of the flavors were very popular, but now it's like queso pista is number one. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the fun things with kids is they're often more open to trying things because certainly my experience with my daughter, like she will choose ice cream based on the color. Really? So if it's yeah, pink, you know, that's if it's true. pink or purple color, like yeah. she's all about it. She doesn't care really beforehand yeah. what the flavor's yeah. like. You know, they're like picking them like much more visually than the grown-ups who are reading the description. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because I have like more than 50% uh, kids like that, you know. Oh the, yeah, I, sure. Yeah. I like that blue ice cream. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and one time, a dad came and kid wanted blue ice cream, and uh, daddy was like, "No, because of uh, color, you want blue ice cream." And uh, he said, "Okay, whatever, dad." Next day, dad came and they were bragging about blue ice cream <laughs> in the car at home. And uh, uh, then uh, next day, dad came. He came and said, okay, let me try that. He had two scoops on waffle foam. <laughs> he sat back there, out there on the benches, finished his ice cream, and came inside and said, I'm coming tonight, but I was never here. <laughs> <laughs> so they go by color. <laughs> what was the flavor of that blue ice cream? Yeah, now that I need is to know. Cotton, cotton candy. Oh, cotton um, candy. Oh, well, but sure. not very sweet. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so for someone who walks in and if they ask you, all right, I've never been here before. What's your specialty or what do you recommend? What do you normally start with? Uh, I, I start with uh, queso pista mm -hmm. uh, and all the, all the international um, fruits. And they love it. I mean, you know, chiku is like pow pow. Oh, yeah. The chiku is good. Yes. Chiku, queso pista, mango, guava. And um, other one is... Uh, Custard apple. Mm -hmm. Oh, that yes. One, yeah, custard apple is going so fast now, you know. And jamun is new one, so that one is going fast. Jasmine. People try that, and they say, oh, my God, let me have that. You know? <laughs> so rose and jasmine combination is also very good. So now you know what to get the next time you <laughs> all want ice cream. <laughs> and I'll ask all three of you, but Mita, we'll start with you. Uh, what, what have you seen in the international food scene change over the last couple of decades in Columbus? I'm there since the last 18 years. First few years, people were like hesitant to try anything. Mm -hmm. And I said, just try. If you like it, you don't have to buy it, but try. And then they said, hmm, that's interesting. First year went like that. And then they, and we have so many international travelers. Yes. So when they come, they like tell their wife or, you know, friend, like, try this and you will get to, like, you know, once you get the taste, you will, you will love it. And now they are getting into different flavors. Yes, definitely. Uh, Kevin, what have you seen change? Um, I mean, from what I've noticed since 2004 is that, you know, as far as restaurants goes, I've been seeing more and more international restaurants opening up. Mm -hmm. uh, majorly in the last five years, a lot of Chinese restaurants has been opening up. Um, I remember when I first came down here, there were about two Chinese restaurants that I would actually eat at. <laughs> um, but nowadays, they're everywhere. You know, authentic Chinese is everywhere. I think it's due to the influx of international students from China. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. I didn't even think about that, but mm -hmm. that makes sense. <laughs> we um, we wrote on our um, Old Eats Columbus mm -hmm. um, website, we um, last year put together a guide to Chinese restaurants in Columbus, focusing on the ones that have, and I, I don't really like the word authentic, but focusing on the ones that have um, 
Chinese food rather than Chinese American food. I yes. guess because no, the, the ones and, that um, have special menus, and we right? Have it, <laughs> you know, and well, a lot of them now it's not even the special, you know, but yeah, we yeah, divided yeah. it up by kind of region and by speciality: handmade noodles, handmade dumplings, oh, um, yeah. dim sum restaurants, um, Szechuan restaurants, things like that. And it's an it's an amazingly long list. Mm-hmm. So, and we keep we keep it updated. So. Yeah, does anybody have a guess as to why Columbus is is home to all these different restaurants? I mean, uh, for me, okay, so growing up as a basic white girl in Midwest, uh, you know, we grew up with casseroles, and the only Chinese we had was the very standard sure. Chinese restaurant. And I think that was the only international food we had in all of my hometown. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to move to a place where you can get any nationality under the sun, it feels like. I mean, we are, we are very fortunate to have that. Uh, but, Kevin, any guesses as to why that is? You know, to be perfectly honest, not really. Uh, I mean, you know, I I grew up in a little town close to Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, I mean, my aunt and uncle owns a Chinese restaurant, but it's your most typical Chinese restaurant that you can think of. Sure. You know, but at the same time, you know, in, in, in the small town Wadsworth, I mean, there were nothing there. Yeah. You know, there was just one, maybe two Chinese restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I think about eight years ago or 10 years ago, they finally have a sushi bar now and they're killing it. Wow. You know, so awesome. I, yeah, I mean, I think I really think it's just the education and the knowledge of the, the consumers. Yes. You know, yeah. And also, small world, I live in Worcester, so I know. Oh, hey, hey, okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw the I saw the 330 number. Yes, yeah. Yes. I, I meant to ask you that. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. I mean, one is just the size of the city. I mean, Columbus, sure. are we now 14th largest city? I, I think? think something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, so some of it, and the population just keeps growing. You look at the, the articles in the newspapers about mm-hmm. how many people are, the city is adding every year at the moment and how much new construction there is. But, you know, Ohio State is huge. It brings in yeah. a lot of international students and sure. faculties. Um, we have a lot of IT that brings in a lot of um um, Indians, but you know, I mean, a whole range of people. Sure. sure. We have a lot of people from the coast moving here, um, and then Columbus has always, you know, has been pretty strong in terms of um, refugee resettlement. So yeah, that, that's true. That yeah. accounts for some of the groups now that we have in Columbus, and the large Somali and Bhutanese and. Um, some of those populations. So, I mean, there's, it's like there's, there's a lot of different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think um, I, w- I would imagine kind of the cost of, of opening a business, it still makes it, you know, there's opportunities, there's parts of town where the rents are lower that, mm-hmm. you know, people have that opportunity um, to, to start businesses. It's actually feasible for them to, mm-hmm. yeah, make it come to fruition. Uh, and, Bethia, when you are uh, meeting with, with guests who are on your tours, how do you even gauge, like, where they're at in terms of how bold they want to be with what kind of foods they try? Or how do you um, get them to try new things, I guess? Yeah, I mean, generally, you know, it's, um, you know, we run a lot of different types of food tours. We, you know, we run the the taco truck and the old eats tours but we also have a lot of neighborhood walking tours so mm-hmm. you know i think to some extent it's fairly self-selecting that if you're more adventurous if you're really interested in trying those foods you're probably going to opt for the old eats tour um if you're less you know interested in trying those foods mm-hmm. um, um you're probably going to opt for a short north tour a dessert tour <laughs> your breakfast tour you know so i think um to largely it's self-selecting um you know when we're choosing the dishes on the f- for the, for the you know on the tour um, we obviously um, we want people to like them you know so we try and choose dishes that we think are, are, are you know accessible mm-hmm. but we also want dishes that really reflect that cuisine and, sh- and show off so we're not dumbing it down for people sure but we're choosing the things that we like and we think are delicious and that are very kind of representative of, of the cuisine so yeah 
Mita, when you decided to uh, open your shop, uh, and I know you purchased it from somebody else, but when you decided, I want to go into the ice cream business, did the Indian flavors come first, or did you think, okay, I'm going to serve some ice cream and eventually bring in Indian flavors, or how did you make that decision? I just did everything together, like I because I knew that uh, there are, like, at that time, about 2,000 Indian fam- families there. Mm-hmm. So, and I was looking for some Indian ice cream at that time also. So I thought, let me start that. And it grew and grew. And like, I have about 18 Indian flavors. Wow, yeah. And uh, 48 flavors out all the time. But like, yeah, that's how it, and people tell other people. And now it's like, everybody is like, you want to have, oh, Mardi Gras? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and um, uh, so like, Indian ice cream, you have that. So. Mm-hmm. And had you ever made Indian Indian flavored ice cream before you started yeah. your shop? Okay, you had. Yeah, I my in laws were coming every year, and they uh, I was making for them because my oh. father in law was very fond of ice cream, <laughs> and here all the ice cream has like eggs or gelatin, and they don't eat that. So, oh sure, okay. So I make it there at home, and I was going to we were going to eat ice cream at Mardi Gras. And I gave the gentleman mango recipe. And that became hit. So he was like, you want to work for me? <laughs> and I said, no. I want <laughs> Whenever you are ready to sell this place, I'll buy it. Wow. So one day we came and... Um, then he said, yeah, okay, you want to talk? And I said, yeah, we will talk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then in one week, it was mine. Wow. Awesome. So. <laughs> so one thing I was going oh, to yeah. say, um, that Mita was saying that there were 2,000 Indian families at that time. Um, you know, and that, that, um, that's one place where we've really seen a growth recently um, in the, is in the Indian food scene um, in Columbus. There's just been a tremendous growth. I mean, I can yeah. think of like five new restaurants that have just that's- either recently opening or coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, and um, a lot of diversity too, you know, specializing in different parts of the cuisine. There's a new one on Sawmill that's specializing more in street food. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. Southern Indian, there's Northern Indian, there's Pakistani, Tandoor cooking, um, and a lot of Nepalese restaurants. Like yeah. Three years ago, yeah. we had uh, one one Nepali restaurant, and now I think we have nine. Nine. Oh my oh, gosh. Wow. That's so crazy. So that's been, and that's really just so, so recent and, and so interesting, kind of reflecting the changing population of the city. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and we have like 60 Indian restaurants right now. 16 More, Indian restaurants? 60. 60. 60. Oh, 6-0. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. I was going to say 16 sounded low, but 60, yeah, yeah 60, that makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, so there's really just, there's a wealth. And, and you know, and we're very deep, I think, in Indian food, very deep in, in Chinese, Chinese food. food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And are there any uh, cuisines you wish we had more of here? Uh, we, we asked the members of our Facebook group if there was anything they wished they had more of. And uh, the answers range from Thai food to cafeteria-style food to delis to Chicago-style pizza, even though we do have that here, yeah. uh, <laughs> to even proper fine dining with a cheese cart. So <laughs> I wouldn't call that international, but what, you know, what, what is something you wish you, you had more at your disposal? Uh, Kevin, do you want to start? I mean, I, I hate to sound you know, stereotypical, but I, would, I do wish there's more Asian restaurants in, <laughs> in Columbus. And ultimately, you know, really something, you know, perhaps a nice sushi bar, mm-hmm. uh, yakitori bar, izakaya. So, uh, you know, my focus is really on Japanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Um, I would love to see more of that with Kihachi being closed. You know, there's really nowhere that I would consider that, you know, I would want to spend my money at and right, go. Right, right. Um, 
you know, Korean Korean food is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the ones that we do have is okay. Yeah. You know, but it's not there yet. Yeah. Right. Still, still building that. Correct. <laughs> Bethia, what do you, what do you wish? Um, there well, was more we of? have a few. Um, there's a, there's a couple of cuisines that are kind of missing that sometimes people ask about. I think Moroccan. It would be nice um, to have some Moroccan. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely wish we had a little more Thai options. Um, we have, we have Thai restaurants, but um, I, I think. There's, there's definitely room for some more in yeah. that, that area. And then, personally, I, I really like Sri Lankan food, so I would oh, love to see yeah. somebody open a Sri Lankan restaurant oh, in Columbus. Yeah. And, you know, every so often, you know, you'll see things pop up on Reddit. Somebody's looking for something. And, um, you know, there's a few cuisines um, that aren't well represented, like Puerto Rican. and Sure. Um, so there are definitely kind of some, some little gaps that would be nice to, to fill. But, you know, honestly, I, I feel like... You know, for the size of city, you know, I, th- I think there is a huge amount of diversity. I think often um, maybe people aren't just aren't aware of how much diversity we do have sure. um, because it's not clustered together. It's kind of often places are hidden in strip malls or they're in unexpected locations. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Mardi yeah. Gras on Hard Road. It's not <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's not in an area necessarily where it's going to mm-hmm. that people are going to find it unless somebody tells them. Right. Um, so I think, you know, it's. You know, sometimes it just takes a little kind of digging to to find things. Sure. Um, and Mita, what what are some of your favorite restaurants uh, that have international food? I like Mexican food, <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of Mexican uh, restaurants. And I'm vegetarian. Yes, I am too. So that's always yeah, a struggle. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Indian restaurant, we go. Uh, I like Greek food also. Mm. Oh yeah. So we. That's what I like more. Uh, falafel places. Mm-hmm. I love falafel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's very hard to find, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Indian restaurants are everywhere. So, <laughs> so do I you mean, have a, Do you have a favorite? I like Tarka on uh, 161. Mm-hmm. That one is my favorite. Yeah, that they have. Uh, buffet in the afternoon mm-hmm. oh, okay. uh, Saturday, Sunday mm-hmm. and they have from street food to everything else you know oh, okay. like 50 different things so. oh my wow. gosh wow so <laughs> that, that one I like you know we, we did an article last year for Columbus Monthly on um, falafel. We were on a search for the best falafel in Columbus. I cannot tell you how much falafel I ate in the course of like a month or more. Like I ate so much falafel. And, uh, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's some good falafel around. But I'm interested, you said, um, where do you like that um, vegetarian Mexican? Because that's a little harder to find, I think. It's often very meat-focused. Yeah. yeah um, uh, that is one in pa- on Pavel Road, mm-hmm. Azteca. Uh, all the all the Mexican restaurants, I always ask for um, like cheese and onion enchilada mm-hmm. with uh, or yeah. with uh, uh, with beans, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they have, they know me, so like when they have uh, like animal fat in beans, they say, "No, not for you." <laughs> and I say, "That's fine for me." No, so. so some some of the Oaxacan um, trucks will do do some interesting things with like pumpkin flowers um, and kind of zucchini or different kind of stewed vegetables. And there's there's a truck on Morse Road that does some really nice vegetable hmm, tacos okay. and things. But it's definitely a little harder to find kind of interesting kind of Mexican vegetarian food. Yes, yeah. a lot of it is very basic beans and cheese, and that's all you can yeah. find yeah. for yeah. the most right. part, unfortunately. <laughs> and, yeah, tacos are most commonly just meat, you know, different meat. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. 
And uh, Bethia, if you, if if people listening wanted to try a new cuisine but they had no idea where to start, what what would you venture to guess as something they could try and not be too out of their comfort zone? Maybe like I would say most average Americans, or at least me, it's like I had had Mexican and Chinese, and but like I didn't have Thai food until I was in college, you know. So uh, what would what would you say is a good kind of stepping stone without going whole hog into um, something new? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, there are, there are some dishes, you know, you know, that, so for example, you know, we have, um, a lot of great African restaurants in Columbus. And so, you know, there's a Kenyan restaurant called Wycliffe's, um, and they do a beef stew that comes with rice, you know, and it really, I mean, it has a little different flavor, but it's just not that big of a a leap from something that we're very common with. Um, I think some of the Korean dishes like bibimbap, um, which is kind of the, the rice bowl, um, it comes, you know, it's rice, and then it will have some meat and vegetables and some egg on top. Mm-hmm. And you can add spicy sauce to it if you want, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, that's something where it's very clear to see what's in it and the ingredients um, kind of start off separate and you mix it together. It's kind of fun because if you get it in the stone pot, it's kind of sizzling. Yeah. Um, so those would be a couple of good starting ones. Um and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard, I guess it's hard for me because I eat international food right. all the time. I feel like I'm very immersed in it. Um, I think um, the buffets can be a nice um, starting point for people. A lot of the Indian restaurants will um, do buffets so that you can kind of pick a little bit and you can try a bunch of different flavors, but mm-hmm. you're not really committing to one dish. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that can be an, a nice way to, to try things. Sure. And as uh, as an aside, I love uh, Curry Up on on Sawmill Road, which is, to me, like Chipotle, but for Indian food, or I don't even know if it's Indian or Thai, but it's great. Uh, and it's it's curry, and it's a, a rice base. You can do whatever you want with it and go down the line and pick whatever you want. So that's something you can do where you're trying different meats or even tofu they have for me. Uh, so that's a good option, but it's not just standard Chipotle or <laughs> something yeah. like that. Uh, Kevin, if people are going out to Asian restaurants, what should they be looking for when you're, they're going out? No, I think it really depends on what kind of Asian cuisine you're going for. Sure. Um, I mean, Chinese restaurants in the past and still now, most of the time they have two different menus. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's with English and the other one's got Chinese writings on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nowadays, more and more restaurants are incorporating the menus together. So you can just see it in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, if you really want to try some auth- something authentic, as far as Chinese food goes, you want to order off of the Chinese menu. Okay. Um, General Tso's and Sweet and Sour Chicken is not it. Um, <laughs> Those are American-made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, for a while their Chinese food was considered something that's really cheap and something that's really fast. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, Chinese food is pretty expensive and if you go out to eat, it's pretty expensive and it's very time-consuming, mm-hmm. you know, as far as cooking process goes. So for it, it, it's nice for me to see that the Columbus city, Columbus, has actually geared towards that more, you know, mm-hmm. with a more authentic Chinese food, you know. Um, but with that being said, you know, I mean, as far as Korean food goes, it depends on what you want to get. Um, barbecue, when it comes down to it, it's just the quality of the meat. I'm sure if you're a meat eater, you should be able to tell, you know, the, the, how, how good the meat is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, as far as Japanese food goes, you know, uh, we only have so many Japanese restaurants 
in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that you know of are probably the only ones that we have. You know, Akaihana has <laughs> been there for years, mm-hmm. for decades at this point. Basho. Yeah, Basho's been there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's tons of sushi bar, quote unquote, you know, everywhere around Columbus and Japanese restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm like, that's something for you to, if that's something that you want, I mean, it's easy to find that nowadays. And if you're walking into a sushi restaurant for the first time, is there something you should look for to say, okay, I know this is going to be good, or, ooh, I should stay away from this place? Okay, so, I mean, <laughs> uh, that's, 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 a, that's a question that a lot of people ask me, uh, mm-hmm. being a sushi chef and all. So, yeah. I mean, first thing when you walk into a restaurant, you don't want to smell fish. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, as soon as you smell fish, you want to walk away. <laughs> um, that means there's nothing fresh there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, secondly, um, the best seat at any sushi bars is always at the sushi bar. Okay. Uh, this way you can really judge and see how clean your chefs are working. Uh-huh. Um, and the sec- third thing I want to say is to really just look at the floor they're standing on. Oh. Um, this is one This is one of the very first thing my first master taught me, uh, Taishi Noma. You know, he's a 60-year-old Japanese guy. You know, he said that the first thing you do when you go to a Japanese restaurant is to look at the floors. So if the sushi bar floor is dirty, don't eat there. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's why it became a habit of me to never brush stuff off of the cutting board <laughs> just to the, to the ground. Yeah, you know? okay. Yeah. Does that mean your your uh, chef is cleaner? Like they work cleaner? Yes. You, I, guess? Well, I mean, you're supposed to be cleaner as mm-hmm. a sushi chef because you are dealing with ready to eat foods. Right. You know, everything is raw, everything's ready to eat, and you're using your hands a lot. So, you know, the, the, the whole thing about never have fingernails on your hands as a sushi chef, <laughs> uh, wash your hands, you know, every time you touch something, pretty sure. much. Um, so, I mean, and there there's little different etiquettes and stuff like that. Like when I open low boy coolers, I use my pinky which my pinky never touches the food that I make because gotcha. sushi when you make sushi you don't really use your pinky so now we gotta just stare at you when you're making <laughs> no that's fine that's fine I've been training for a while but you should stare at the other chefs though the one thing I, I think is just sort of fun that I was thinking is that um, we you know we're very used to American Chinese food but one of the things that we've seen popping up quite a lot in Columbus now is um, Indo-Chinese food mm-hmm. so you know every country has its kind of take on Chinese yep. food but yeah. it's fun now you can get you know in Indian restaurants you'll find their version of Chinese food mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. kind of the Manchurian dishes and things um, so it's kind of fun to kind of you see, like, okay, well, you know, in England, we have our version of Chinese food. and, right. English, sure, sure. and um, So it's kind of fun to see some of those things popping up. Absolutely. Well, to wrap things up, uh, I'll ask all of you guys, where is your favorite place to go for international food? And it can be multiple restaurants. You know, Mita, if you want to start us off, doesn't have to be Indian food. What, where are your favorite places to go for international food in Columbus or Central Ohio? I like Mexican, Chinese. Uh, I like Greek food also. And uh, Indian food, obviously, <laughs> you know, and um, because vegetarian, I have to find yes uh, special places. And I don't when people touch meat and then uh, prepare my food, I don't like to eat that, you know. <laughs> so, and uh, I like um, uh, Thai food also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specialty in that is they bring hot rice oh, every yeah. every time, and yep. I love that. Nobody served me ever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Being a mom and all that, so we they somebody served me. I like that. I like dosa, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I like to go to used to be Udipi. Uh, I think it's they closed now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. And uh, so I'm trying to find good dosa. 
I make good dosa, but like nobody is making for me, so yeah. I have to go out and eat that, you know. So, and the new place uh, opened on Sawmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is go- uh, good. Uh, they have street food, Nihi. Indian street food, and I like that. All Indian street food also, you mm-hmm. know. So that was Nihi that just opened. Nihi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah just like just a few weeks ago. I feel yeah. like yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Going there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin, where are your favorite international? Food uh, I mean, places? as far as Thai food goes, I think Bangkok. Is, mm-hmm. is one of the best ones in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I haven't been back since they re- re-amped it, or revamped it, or re-renovated. They didn't really do oh, anything. Oh, really? No, I mean, they, they, nothing particularly noticed. Okay, okay. Very sad. The, the same old. Very sad. It's on Refugee Road. Oh, um, so yeah, you should definitely check it out if you like Thai food. Yeah, okay. Know. It's about as far away on the city as you can get from Mardi Gras. Yeah, exactly. It's worth a drive. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, as far as Chinese, Chinese food goes, uh, I think the HY Asian Bistro is pretty good. Mm. They specialize in Sichuan cuisine, which is what a lot of Chinese restaurants are actually doing now. There's a oh. lot of Sichuan food going on right now. Um, Little Dragon on Moors was one of the very first yeah. one back in 2004 okay. when I started eating there, and they actually have the Chinese menu. Uh-huh. Uh, they also do buffets on Saturday and Sundays, so it's oh. kind of like almost dim sum-ish. Okay. Uh, so they have dim sum dishes as well, and you can just get the buffet foods as well. Um, Japanese food, I haven't been out to eat Japanese food for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and because you are making it. You yeah, know? <laughs> I, I mean maybe that's that's true. Yeah. Uh, do you have any opinion on like the chain like ramen places like uh, Fukurio? Yeah, like do you have um, any opinions he, on that? Of course, he has opinions. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I have a lot of opinions about a lot of things. So that's not the right question to ask me. Um, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, so I know people that work there before, and I know their procedures. Mm-hmm. So you know, I've been there a few times um you know i'm yeah i'm not gonna bam out anybody but yeah, it, it, right. it was okay yeah you know uh to your general public it is it is what it is yeah uh back in the days uh there was a place called menya that was really really good but then yeah. i think they changed owner and changed the way they process now uh do closed. business mm-hmm. and now they're shut and down now they're closed. Yeah. there's yeah. a new um there's a new um, ramen bar coming to the north market yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. sounds promising so i'm excited yeah so he's uh He's a, he graduated, uh, I think, culinary school in Japan. I think he did. Oh, he wow. went to sushi school in Japan, actually. And then he was in New York, and now he's coming to North Market to do a ramen bar. Wow. So, yeah, I would like to have my restaurant up before his sushi bar comes up. So. <laughs> it looks close. I actually took a peek at it this morning. Yeah. They're, they're oh, getting close. Wow. They've got all the hoods up, equipment in. Yeah, I can't wait. The counter, so. So. Yeah, we'll have to do an- another episode of this where we're just going to the sushi bar. Sure, <laughs> or sure. Or the ramen bar. <laughs> all right, Bethia, where are some of your favorite places? Oh, I have so many. This is my problem is, you know, every I have a favorite for every different cuisine, and... Um, you know, so it's hard. Um, we love Hoyo's Kitchen as a Somali restaurant. We love taking people to on the tours. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just have so many favorites. Um, Ju Thai is, is definitely one of them. They do hand stretched noodles um, and they make dumplings. Um, and they have a dish called Biang Biang noodles that I'm really addicted Ooh. to. Um, across the street from them, Tandoori Grill. Yeah, we've been so going good. there for about a decade, and um, I think it's hard to beat them for tandoori dishes. Um, and uh, Thai ginger is a new dim sum 
um, restaurant in the Dublin area that's really, I think, up the level of dim sum in the city. Um, but yeah, I have, man, I have so many, <laughs> so many favorites. <laughs> well, I know we're just scratching the surface on, on all the different cultures that we have in Columbus, but hopefully in, a, in the future we can do more episodes on pointed things, on Indian food, on Japanese food, on, you know, African food, whatever we want to discuss. So to come later on this season probably uh but thank you guys so much for joining me and uh kevin where can people find out more about uh, your business and where you'll be next uh, you can find more information on www.akatsukisushi.com uh that's a mouthful so uh <laughs> I'll, I'll spell it out it's uh, a-k-a-t-s-u-k-i we will, we will tag it on our website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can also find me on Instagram as well. Perfect. So. And Bethia, where can people find out more um, about your tours? ColumbusFoodAdventures.com. And uh, on Instagram, people want to see what we're eating. On Instagram, we post a lot, which is Seabus Adventures. Yes. Um, and then our blog, where we have the Chinese food guide, food guide and some, some other posts about restaurants, um, is AltEatsColumbus.com. Perfect. And then Mita, where can people find you? They can find me on Hard Road. <laughs> in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. yes, in the back and with your husband as well. So. Yeah, he, now he's my big help. He yes. retired, yeah. So, yeah, it's on Hard Road, 1947 Hard Road. Perfect. Uh, in Columbus, Ohio. And you know I'll see you there soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And as always, we want to hear from our listeners. Do we miss any of your favorite uh, international food restaurants in Columbus? Or did you, did you disagree with any of the ones we mentioned? Feel free to get in touch with us by sending us an email at online at thisweeknews.com. Send us a tweet at This Week News or comment on our uh, Facebook group or Facebook page of Food & Wine. Now you can listen to every single episode of The Great Food debate in one place on our website thisweeknews.com slash greatfooddebate thank you guys so much for joining us and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts this is Abby Armbruster signing off and stay hungry